Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to United Hour, your one-stop shop for all things Manchester United. I'm your host, Nick. And I'm Jamie. Yeah, Happy New Year to you all there. Uh, I know, Jamie, you, Coleman Imran, did a kind of uh, rounding off last year's show, didn't you, after we had a nice little win there to round off last year? Yeah, it was good, that. Um, we were obviously, when we recorded that, we were saying we hope we can kind of keep the run going that we knew... The game on Saturday would probably be tough, which ultimately proved to be the case. And then we were hoping, obviously, for an odd win tonight. So we get two wins on the bounce uh, at the end of the year. And then coming into this year is very good, very happy. Yeah, I mean, uh, we will be covering, we're recording just minutes after the end of Man United versus Bournemouth. We will also touch on the Wolves game a few days ago. Um, I mean, I've actually not been on the pod since the middle of the World Cup. Uh, we had actually kind of planned to do another World Cup show, but schedules didn't align. I had to go away for work, all that kind of thing. Then Christmas kicked in, so it didn't really happen. Uh, but it feels kind of weird. It feels like the World Cup was like months and months ago. Like, you know, we went straight back into like Premier League football and just feels like it was never really away. Uh, so it was this kind of weird interlude in the season. We have to see how it affects anything going on from there. But look, we are deep back into the Premier League, already three games in, three wins for us. And, you know, I was a bit worried about how we would continue after the World Cup, whether you lose momentum, whether players get injured. But yeah, we've turned up and just kept motoring on, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the biggest concern I had was more, not really the players who were going to the World Cup. The concern there was injuries, but it was more anybody who wasn't going to the World Cup. We only had those two warm-up games in Spain. And even in the warm-up games, there wasn't a lot of not it's not so much key players but even fringe players there wasn't many guys actually getting a getting a full run out so coming back in it was more of a concern for me how were the players such as Wambasaka, Lindelof, McTominay, the likes of them, how were they gonna respond and how were they gonna cope with the fact that they hadn't played a really competitive game of football in what, four weeks, five weeks, but they've all just settled in extremely well. Anybody that's come back for the World Cup has just come has just not missed a beat at all. Come straight in. And it's just been good to actually see a lot of rotation in the last three games as well, whether that's changes at centre half, an experiment at centre half with Luke Shaw, Maguire and Lindelof getting a run out tonight. Uh obviously that was a partnership for a while last season and they played well tonight. There was relatively little danger for them. So yeah, it's just it's been encouraging that either players who were at the World Cup or players who weren't and didn't play at all for four or five weeks, they've all just gone with it. Just got uh, just totally got right back into the groove of it, which is really good. Yeah, I mean look, let's look straight at this kind of uh, Bournemouth game. I mean, we've actually been now four matches since the World Cup and we haven't conceded a goal. Uh, you know, you talk about the centre-backs. We've had Casemiro, he played one game there. Shaw's played a couple of games. But this match, he brings back Maguire and Lindelof. I was actually slightly kind of worried when I saw the team sheet uh, with Maguire Lindelof coming back in. Uh, he also gave a game to Donny van der Beek. I mean, yeah, we'll talk about him in a bit more detail going forward there. Um, but yeah, four games now since the World Cup, not even conceded a goal. 
So we cannot have any worries. You know, our defence is looking so solid. Uh, Casemiro as well, protecting them has just been absolutely outstanding. I mean, yeah, these three players, I think you you already kind of covered them pretty deeply on the last show. But yeah, Casemiro, Shaw, Rashford have been brilliant since the kind of restart. And yeah, yeah, again today, I mean, yeah, goal number one, obviously, Casemiro. Number two, sure, and uh, number three, Rashford. It's like absolutely perfect from the way you'd yeah. gone on from the last show over there. Uh, and like I said, I I was a bit surprised that he made kind of changes for this game because we've obviously got two cup games going on. I mean, this is actually the first of four home games in a row we've got, which is pretty rare to happen, uh, this Bournemouth game. Then we've got two cup games, Everton in the FA Cup, Charlton in the League Cup, and then, yeah, the Manchester derby, which is obviously the big one the end of this kind of four-game run. But yeah, he went with a bit of rotation for this one. Maguire comes back in. Lindelof comes back in. I mean, I thought Maguire looked slightly kind of rusty. I mean, apparently they've both had some kind of illness. I think it's just kind of winter viruses and that kind of thing. But, you know, Maguire had a decent World Cup. I mean, people were even putting him in like the World Cup team of the tournament, which I think was a bit generous, to be fair. I don't think he was anywhere near that good. But he had a pretty good World Cup, started all the games. But yeah, to, he comes back to us and you, you don't really sure where he's going from here. Now, yeah, I'm sure you heard Rio Ferdinand the other day saying that Maguire should be looking for a move away. I mean, uh, what do you think about that? I probably agree with that, to be honest. Um, I agree with what you said about the, the fact that some people were picking him in a selection of their World Cup team of the team of the tournament and that was very generous to, to say the least for me. I thought he did well. Played alright. No issues. And yeah, it was okay, solid enough, but I don't know, I just I just feel like we're probably at the point where we absolutely don't need him. That's just my honest opinion. We just don't need him. And for his own career, for his own benefit he probably should be looking, maybe not January, that's far, that's far too soon and that would create a couple of problems for ourselves as well. But if even in the summer, I think he should be looking to probably move on this summer. I mean, I know there was illness and stuff like that, but the fact Shaw's went in and played centre-half really well, okay, he wasn't tested too harshly, whether it was against Forest or Wolves, but Still, there was somebody that could fill in there solidly enough. Casemiro provided cover for a game. Then there's Varane, there's Martinez coming back in. There's still Lindelof who plays all right when he plays as well. So I just think, for his own benefit, he should probably look to move because he is well down the pecking order now. And even in this game, I think you're right when you say about rustiness. And I don't know, I was just expecting a bit more from him because, as you say, he played well in the World Cup and you're just thinking, right, Surely that's got to have given you some confidence. I know it's a totally different kettle of fish playing for Man United compared to England where there's plenty of protection. You've got the other centre-halves next year. Then he's playing for us. And I always think with Casemiro there in the midfield especially, you don't really need to be nervous. And it was something Ed pointed out in the chat. Within 15 minutes of the game starting, whenever he had the ball... He's constantly looking at the midfield players or the wide players and he's doing that action with his hand as if to say, come to me, come closer. As if he's terrified to have the ball. As if he's terrified to be in possession of the ball and make the wrong pass. And that's a while now he's been playing like that. He's playing like he's terrified of making the wrong pass. He's terrified of doing the wrong thing. He's scared of losing possession. And... That accompanied with everything else that's going on and, and the general way in which we are playing, I just think it would be best for him probably to look to move on in the summer. I mean, I don't know what kind of fee we would recuperate for him at all, but I really think that that shouldn't really be high on the priorities, the fee. I think it should just be more, do we need him? No. Could we, whatever we get for him, could we use that to buy potentially another bit of cover at centre-half or left-back even, if the long-term goal is maybe move Shaw into centre-half to cover because he's proved he can do it, as well as playing it superbly at left-back. He can play really well at centre-half. Yeah, so I just think that the Maguire experiment, I think, is pretty much coming to an end now. 
I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of down to him, really. I mean, if he's happy to be part of the squad, he's obviously a good third or choice centre-back to have yeah. on the bench. Uh, but yeah, in theory, he is still our captain. And obviously, we paid a hell of a lot of money for him. I mean, quite clearly, our first choice is Varane and Martinez, uh, who were both World Cup finalists. Although, yeah, I know Lissandro didn't start every game and didn't start that final either. Uh, but yeah, that's clearly our first choice. Varane came in and earlier than expected was thrown back into the team because we had kind of players out. And we know how good he is, as long as he can stay fit. And Martinez, it was, it was nice to see Martinez come on and get that kind of applause, get that medal. I don't know if you saw that bit just pre-match. They kind yeah, of presented nice him that. as a World Cup winner. Um, I actually kind of surprised. I don't see why he isn't playing already, seeing as Varane did. Um, and they both played in the final together. I mean, all right, he had a bit more of a party, maybe a bit of a hangover to deal with, a bit more celebrations and everything. But yeah, it's a couple of weeks now since that final. So yeah, well, I'm sure we'll see him turn up in these next couple of games. I mean, he came on for a kind of cameo right at the end of the match. But yeah, it is great anyway, just to have that say. We've got another World Cup winner there. So look, Maguire knows when there's Martinez and Varane. They're obviously ahead of him. It's up to him now to decide if he's happy to be a squad player. If he's not, then yeah, it's up to him to push for a move. So yeah, we'll see where that goes. But as I say, it's not going to be like a priority probably in this window. But yeah, it's something that Ten Hag has to sit down and think about in the summer. And yeah, it's been great to see people like Shaw, people like Casemiro step in and do decent jobs at centre-back so we can see if we need that. We have got the cover who can come and do it there. Um, I mean, the other player who comes in in this game is Donny van der Beek. And I think we should have a bit of a chat about him now and where his United career is. I mean, yeah, look, I don't want to get too down seeing as we won this game pretty <laughs> early. But yeah, look, let's get the kind of more negative stuff out of the way. I mean, after this match... I'm kind of now done with Donny van der Beek. I used to feel a little bit sorry for him, thought often under Ole he was a bit unlucky not to get more chances, didn't play that much. Then he had injuries. Uh, he's come back in, obviously, to a manager who knows him, who's giving him every, every chance to turn around his career. But yet again, he starts a game. Yet again, he does very little. I mean, again, he's in, he gets injured and goes off just before half time, so he's unlucky. But I just didn't see anything from him. Uh, and, you know, he's given that number 10 slot and means Bruno is pushed out to the right, which is not great for him. And you see much less of Bruno when he's playing in that position than when he's in that kind of central spot. And I just, I don't see anything that Donny van der Beek did at all. I mean, am I the only one there or am I being a bit harsh on him? What do you think? No, I don't think you are being harsh on him. Um, it's been weird because, as you said, he's, he's managed to start getting a few cameos, even if it's just as little as, say, five minutes, ten minutes. He's still getting a chance, still getting on the pitch. There's plenty of endeavour. He tries hard, but he just doesn't suit the team. He just doesn't. I mean, he, he, he seems to get in the way of other players quite a lot where... He just takes up areas that Rashford will take up or the other wide player will take up or I, I, I just don't know what he brings to the team because as you said like what do you, you, you can look at the rest of the team even like young Garnacho coming on you know exactly what he's going to bring you know exactly what he's going to do same with Rashford same with Bruno Martial to an extent you know what these guys are going to do but with, with Van der Beek, he just he just seems to ghost around the pitch, but not even in the good way where he where he pops up in good positions and affects the game. He just he's always on the periphery of the game. He doesn't he doesn't influence any attacks. He doesn't get us on the front foot. There isn't any, even the passing that there isn't any real clever passing that kind of releases a player down the side or. A quick one-two to get somebody else in the position, or even himself to allow himself to advance with the ball. There's just nothing, and you look at other players like Anthony is injured tonight, and I know he he's not been great recently, but he's another one we paid a lot of money for, so he's obviously going to get minutes. He's injured tonight. You're looking at Sancho potentially coming back in. We don't know what state of mind he'll be in or whatever, but he's still to come back in anyway. Garnacho's pushing hard to be included in the team. Rashford's in tremendous form. Martial's the only striker. And Bruno's Bruno. 
who always in some way or another affects the game. So you just when you when you take all of that into account, when Van der Beek even gets as little as five ten minutes just to do something, the pressure's on him immediately because it's it's pretty. And it's not even it's not even five ten minutes. He started the game here. Oh yeah, that, not, that's you know, what I mean. His ad starts before. He, he, and like, he it's, the, do it's the next time I see where I saw this before and I pointed it out before. He starts the game. And he had basically the least touches of anyone in the in the whole half. Yep. He had nineteen touches, and all right. And to be fair, Anthony Martial had eighteen, but you know, it's not it's it's okay for a forward to have that few touches. You know, that can happen quite a lot. But for a player who's playing more kind of like midfield, yeah, uh, it's not right at all for him. And fifty percent of them, he's given the ball away. He had a fifty percent passing I mean, accuracy, which is advanced, just shameful for an advanced midfielder. That's terrible. Absolutely terrible. I mean, fine if it was something like 75% when you can kind of say, look, he's trying to get the passes in behind and some of them are successful and he's relatively good at keeping the ball. That just isn't the case. As I said, he just doesn't retain possession. He doesn't influence the game in any dangerous areas of the pitch. He isn't an option from set... Even, like, that's the other thing. We've started becoming a lot more dangerous from set pieces and... He isn't an option in the box for a set piece. He isn't an option for somebody taking the set piece. There's just there's nothing. He contributes nothing to to what we're doing. And yeah, I'm probably at the point where I think, you know what? Barring an injury for somebody else and he has to play, I'm pretty much at the point where I think, nah, I probably don't want to see him in the starting eleven again and he's another player. Even if he could this window actually, but Certainly in the summer, if he's still here, just look to move him on. Because we now are having the basis of a very good squad and a lot of good options. So I would like to see us, even in this window if we can, but certainly over the next two or three, start to be ruthless with the squad where players who aren't contributing anything, players who aren't good enough for want of a better term, and who aren't contributing to wins, to pushing us further up the table, we need to be moving them on and getting better recruits in because we already have the good basis of a squad and if we want to be trying to chase down City, Arsenal, Newcastle this season, whoever it is, we, we need better. And it's a shame to say that about Van der Beek because he came in and we all thought, you know, that he's going to be a good player for us and be a good option, and he has been unlucky with injuries and things like that. But it's just not happened, and I do think, yeah, it's probably time we just cut our losses. Yeah, as I said, for me, this was his last chance starting the game, and again, least touches, fifty percent giving the ball away. So yeah, for me, I'm done with him. That's the last chance for him. And it looks like he might be injured now. Anyway, uh, he might have had a run out in some of these cup games. But yeah, it's not happening for him. And yeah, I would actually maybe try and even push him out in this window. Only because, I mean, we'll talk a bit more about the transfers. I know it's your favourite subject uh, later in the show. But yeah, it looks like we're kind of low on cash. So if we can get some money in, you know, we know our absolute priority is that we need a striker right now. And so, yeah, maybe we are looking to push a few players out to get some money in and try and put it on a striker. So yeah, maybe he's one... I don't know who and exactly who would want him to be honest and how much money we'd get from him. But yeah, he could be one who'd get some fee in there. But look, anyway, let's talk about the more positive things. As I say, we win this game 3-0. It was a relatively easy win. Didn't look like we really had to even hit top gear at any point. I mean, Bournemouth did have some chances. Uh, David De Gea did make some pretty good saves as well. Uh, But, you know, the XG was quite heavily in our favour, 2.4 versus 0.7. So shows that, you know, a 3-0 win was by no means generous to us and was about right kind of at the end of the day. Um, and yeah, I mean, more for me as well, it's just this kind of run that we've been on. Four games now since the restart. One was obviously the Burnley Cup game. But yeah, three wins. And this one to the and the Forest one were relatively easy. Um, that first goal was brilliant to see. Another set-piece goal. And, uh, you know, one name we have to give a bit of credit to is our coach, Eric Ramsey, who never gets much of a mention at all. He's one of the kind of survivors from Ole's era who'd actually brought him in. And he is our set-piece coach. Uh, you know, we saw that great 
corner goal against Nottingham Forest the other day. Ericsson to Rashford bangs it in. And today, yeah, it's Ericsson to Casemiro and a really lovely finish to get us on the way today. Yeah, it was excellent. And yeah, it is worth pointing out that I don't know if it's something we've been working on in the break, especially, or something like that, or whether we're just taking more of a notice to how other teams set up from set pieces. So we're now looking to actually exploit what teams are doing. But it's just good to see because for so long, whether it was under Ole or Rangnick or Mourinho towards the end, we just weren't a threat at all from set pieces. If we got a corner, you just gave up because you just knew it would be a short corner and we'd waste it or it would just be an aimless cross into the box that would just be defended and that would be it. So to actually see a bit of variation and a bit of thinking going into the goal last week was really clever. And even tonight, as I said, like it's a great delivery again from Ericsson. Casemiro just ghosts through and it's poor defending, but at the same time you need to punish poor defending. You need to punish teams who give you chances and to just see Casemiro just kind of steal in at the front post was great. And I was chuffed to bits for him to finally you know, get his goal because he's been awesome for us, not just since he came back from the World Cup, even before that he's been outstanding. So I was very, very pleased to see him be on the score sheet tonight. And I do think it's something we need to be really looking to build upon for the rest of the season is just how dangerous we're becoming from set pieces because it is a source of so many goals for so many other teams. And we have a big physical team as well. And I would just like to see us. doesn't need to be every game, obviously, but just be more of a threat where you can actually put teams on the back foot a little bit, whether you get a wide free kick like tonight or whether it's a free kick, eh, sorry, whether it's a corner like the other night against Nottingham Forest. That It's just good to see that we're becoming more of a threat. And you remember we went through that run where we used to concede so many oh, yeah. goals and from corners as well. I mean, thankfully, we don't have that anymore either. Um, but yeah, that second goal today, and it came at a beautiful time just after half-time. And I have to say, I absolutely expected us to come out after half-time and be outstanding because I knew Bruno was moving back to his favoured central position. Garnacho coming in. All right, Rashford pushed out right, which I never really liked that much. You know, he's so much better on the left, but needs must. And he still does a pretty decent job from that side. But yeah, I absolutely expected us to come out second half and smash it, and we did. Uh, and that goal from Luke Shaw was absolutely outstanding. I mean, he starts that move with a little kind of one-two with Rashford bangs up the field over there. Then, yeah, ball goes out. Bruno, Garnacho, perfect kind of square ball in. And, yeah, he finishes it off. I mean, yeah, that was an outstanding team goal. Yeah, it was actually similar. Do you remember? It wasn't the same at all, but it was similar to the goal Berbatov scored. Mind the game, he scored five goals. And he played a, uh-huh. he played a one-two with Evra. More or less in the same position where Shaw picks up the ball. Big raking pass out to the right-hand side to Nani. Nani skins the defender, turns inside, passes it back. Berbatov's ran the full length of the pitch and just puts it in for his hat-trick. It was similar because it was the same type of move. We pick it up deep, run forward, great one-two with Rashford. The touch even when when Shaw picks up the ball is great. It immediately gets him on the front foot. And then, but again, big raking pass out to the right-hand side. Bruno plays it on to uh, Garnacho. Garnacho picks him out in the middle and it's just a simple pass into the corner. It was a beautiful goal. It was a great goal. And immediately, as soon as it was scored, it just reminded me of that Berbatov goal. And Shaw's just been, again, outstanding this season. Like, I know Malassia came in and played a couple of games. Yeah, if you remember at the start of the season, if you remember at the start of the season, Luke Shaw was dropped. Yeah, exactly. Malassia came in, played... But yeah, Shaw came back into the team and since then he's been absolutely yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah, tremendous. And I don't know, it just seems as though sometimes he maybe does need a kick up the backside. Um, happened with Tellez, it's happened with Molassi. The only thing I'll yeah. say is Molassi's a better player than Tellez. And you still feel confident when Molassi plays as well. But Shaw really has been superb. And I was pleased for him for getting a goal as well. Just because the performances at centre-half with Varane... And how well he's been playing since he came back into the team, he really has deserved it. He looks absolutely solid, fast as anything. He actually looks quite lean. 
he looks probably the fittest I've seen him in a long time. And he said himself after, I can't remember what game it was, it was back in December, and he said the training's probably the hardest it's ever been. So he's feeling fitter than he's ever felt. And even in his general kind of headspace when he was being interviewed after the Wolves game and he was talking about the discipline Ten Hag's brought in, not just on the pitch, everything he's brought into the team, to the club, to the culture of United, he's really buying into that. And he, he just he just looks the happiest and the best I've seen him in a long time. So long may it continue because he has been superb. Yeah, I mean, I have actually mentioned him before. You know, sometimes we always have this chat about who should be our captain because we kind of think, look, long term, it's not going to be Harry Maguire. And we know, like, the armband often passes over to uh, Bruno. But yeah, I always wonder why Luke Shaw doesn't get a shout of being our captain. You know, he's been around the club for a long time now, experienced, professional. And, you know, I often like as well what he says in interviews. He's often very frank, very honest, just comes straight out there. So, yeah, maybe he's someone who should be in a shout for the armband there. I agree, and I think if Maguire moves on, that'll that'll give Ten Hag basically a clean slate because even last season, if it wasn't Maguire, it was Bruno. But then, but then Ronaldo was getting the armband at times as well last season, and even this season as well. So I do think if Maguire moves on, you are kind of looking at a palette of players, including Bruno, Varane because of what he brings to the team, Shaw would be a really good shout. And I think that's three good options there anyway. And there's more than that, because you could actually pick a few more than that if you really wanted. But those three are a good group of three to have as your options. And that's the good thing now. For a while, we used to say, listen, we've got no leaders. Yeah, exactly. We don't know who needs the armband. So, yeah, it is positive now that we can say, look, we've got some players that we actually think do deserve to wear the Manchester United armband. Uh, we'll take a quick break there, come out, round off this Bournemouth game, uh, talk about Wolves, and then look ahead to some of the matches coming up. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back for part two of the podcast. So, yeah, we covered those first couple of goals. And as we said... Players who'd come back and have absolutely hit the ground running since the World Cup, Casemiro, Shaw. And then, yeah, Rashford rounds it off. He's obviously having a brilliant month as well. I say that because, of course, if we look back at that Wolves game, Marcus Rashford was <laughs> left out yeah. of the starting lineup. Uh, apparently, he overslept. I mean, I don't know what you make of this. I kind of like the way that Eric Ten Hag is obviously painting himself as a hardcore disciplinarian. If you are late for one team meeting, then you get punished. And I think it's good that there's no exceptions made because, you know, we've heard before that like Garnacho was kind of given some like stern talking to earlier in the season and was kind of left out the team for a while. Ronaldo as well, obviously had his kind of issues with the coach and was left out. And he says, look, even Rashford now, even though he's been on top form, he said, yeah, look, you're late for a meeting. You're not going to play. And he didn't start there. Uh, I, I think it's also good that it doesn't end up being anything bigger. It's like, listen, you're going to sit out this game. He still bought him on and Rashford ends up coming in and changing the game there uh, against Wolves. So, yeah, it, it kind of worked out in every way, really. Yeah, absolutely. And even after the game, when they were kind of... I, I was getting a bit annoyed because I felt like the, the commentators and the pundits on BT were trying to make a, more of a thing about it than it was. Because even if he had been dropped for disappointing reasons, he was still on the bench. 
So if you just used a bit of common sense, you would think, right, he's not been dropped entirely out of the squad and been told just to go home or anything like that. He's literally been dropped to the bench and it's an internal disciplinary matter. So you were kind of thinking it must be late for a meeting or late to training, just just something like that. And after the game, like Ten Hag done really well and he absolutely took all the correct steps and said, look, no exceptions, as you say. It doesn't matter if it's Rashford, Van Beek, whoever. If you're late for training, you won't start the next game, which is absolutely fair enough. In meetings as well, sorry, if you're late for a meeting, you don't start the next game. That's absolutely fair enough because you have to set a standard and say, right, every single person, whether it's the most experienced player at the club, the least experienced, whatever, you have to meet that standard. And that's everybody pulling each other along, making sure you meet that standard. And... Ten Hag never even dobbed Rashford in. He just said it was an internal disciplinary matter. So then, by that, by the way he's set it up, he's not doing anything to throw Rashford under the bus at all. He's just said it's, it's a disciplinary matter. Rashford then comes out and immediately clears it up and says, oh yeah, I, was, I slept in, I was late for a meeting. And I accept it. So that's it, we move on. That is the best way to deal with any of these things. And the fact that pundits were trying to make more of it, you like, there's nothing more to be made of that. The players dealt with it. The managers dealt with it. Even at full time in the Bulls game, you see the way they embrace each other. It was done. It was forgot about. It was fine. Yeah, and, and he's the match winner. Exactly, you know, yeah. He's won us the three points in that game, so it kind of works out all the way That's around. That's exactly the way to react. If you've been put on the bench because, you've, because of your own, you know, you slept in, whatever. The way to correct it is because to, to correct the error of you aren't starting will come on and affect the game positively, which he did. He was brilliant for the entire second half. Should really have had two goals. So, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. And again, scores again tonight. was really good again tonight, I thought, and the way he affects the game. And he, he's so positive now. He's always on the front foot, always going at defenders. And when he's in full flight like that, he's brilliant to watch. And... Again, just hope it continues for as long as possible because we need it. And he's just an exciting footballer to watch when he's in flight. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant for him to get these two goals. And as I say, that Wolves goal was the absolute vital one. And in fact, he should have had his second one, right? But they have that ridiculous thing like shot. where it, it is a shock. You know, comes off, hits his hand, and that goal gets chalked off. Thankfully, it wasn't vital in the end. I mean, Wolves made a much more of a fight of it. Obviously, they're at home with a new manager bounce and all that. I mean, still, XG shows we deserve to win this game. Uh, we were at 2.5 versus 0.6 for Wolves. And, you know, it, it has become a bit of an issue for us that we haven't necessarily been finishing off enough of our moves. Uh, you know, we've been creating really well now. Every game we're creating enough chances. But yeah, Martial, it's good to see him back fit, good to see him playing regularly. He's not quite smashing it. I mean, he did at least score against Forest, and he does still, you know, contribute to play even if he's not necessarily banging him in. I mean, I did think he should have scored today. Yeah, he had like one good header at least. Um, but yeah, look, at least he's fit. So at least we've got somebody there. But we are obviously in absolute dire need of another striker option. Uh, you know, number two option, I guess, is going to be Rashford playing out of position there. But he is so much better when he's out wide. And it makes so much difference there. And as I say, it's actually all the World Cup players who are doing so well. So we they haven't seen any kind of World Cup hangover. I mean, the only one has been maybe Anthony... Uh, has not been so great since he came back from Qatar, but he's also had a bit of injury, a bit of issues there. So we'll see from there. Uh, I mean, the one that we, we, thankfully, we only had one injury, which was Dallow, who did get back on the bench today and was involved. And I'm sure we'll see him introduced slightly in the next couple of games. I mean, I do want to give a shout out to Aaron Wan-Bissaka, though, who's showed us that he is actually a footballer. I mean, I know some people were like doubting what kind of level he could actually come back and play at and thought maybe he was never going to play again for us. You know, a lot of rumours saying United are looking at offers for him to cash in, but he's actually done really well in Dallow's absence. Uh, you know, he's not contributing anywhere near as much attacking-wise, and we know he's not so great on that side. But defensively, he kind of reminds us back, you know, he had that run under Ole where he was doing really well just on the defensive side and at least he's doing that stuff well again. Yeah, but the, the one thing he has kind of added 
that that does help is is this first time passing. So there was the goal in the League Cup against Burnley, where I think it's Eric, eh, not Ericsson, I can't remember. Maybe Bruno Bruno picks him out with a pass, and he volleys it first time right across the face of goal into Ericsson. He puts it in, and even tonight, and against Forest last week, there was a couple of instances where. I would have expected him to take a touch and kind of dawdle on the ball a little bit. But it's first time passes out wide. And even that, that simple act just speeds the speeds the game up so much and helps get us on the front foot. And while he, while he isn't, like, you know, he isn't getting loads of assists or anything like that or even looking like he will, it's still positive that he's actually playing on the front foot, trying to get passes in, Supporting the supporting the winger when he goes forward, supporting the wide man. It's changes like that are positive, and it's just another thing of as I was saying. You know, what you want is players to contribute when they're under pressure and when they're having questions asked of them, when they're possibly being like with moves away because they can't cut it. All you can ask is the player to go and work hard and prove that he can do better and he can still help the team which is exactly what he's done, because as soon as Dalot got injured, we all kind of were worried about what was going to happen to right-back, but he's been absolutely solid, and I don't know about long-term, but certainly for the rest of the season, you're, you're less worried right now about the right-back position, you think, yeah, Dalot will probably come in and get his minutes, because he was really good, I thought, when he came on again tonight, and actually nearly scored a couple himself, getting into the box. And I think he'll take it back because he has been very good for us this season. But if Wambasakim can prove to just be an able deputy at right back for the rest of the season and, and be a good, trustworthy source of a player, that's that can only be good for the team and that can only be good for the player. And he does deserve a lot of credit for how he's for how he's responded. Yeah, definitely. And as I say, you know, these squad options we need. And then it's only down to players like Maguire, Juan Bissaka to say, are they happy to be squad players and come in when needed? Or yeah, if they want to move on, then yeah, that's up to them. But at the moment, yeah, we're happy to have these options to come in when we need them. And yeah, they do well enough to fill in. Um, I mean, look now, we come in, that Wolves game obviously took us into the top four. We finished the year really well. First time we've been in the top four this season. Yeah. And the win tonight now takes us joint third uh, effectively. All right, we're behind on goal difference. But yeah, 35 points with Newcastle, who played one game more than us. We're actually only one point behind Manchester City. But yeah, they've got a game in hand and we'll play against Chelsea. So we see what happens over there. But yeah, we're motoring now. I mean, the bookies now have us odds on to be finishing top four. I think on the last show, I think it was Colm who said, look at this point. We are expecting top four, and it will be a failure, maybe on Eric Ten Hag's uh, hands if we don't manage it. I mean, and you just look at how we started this season, where people were almost talking about, listen, this is like an interim season. It's already a write-off. It's not going to be top four. Let's just hope Ten Hag can clear out what we don't need to see where we're at. So, yeah, look, the turnaround in kind of, you know, just a few months has been outstanding. Yeah, it just shows you how fast things change in football, really. Because, as you said, like, start of the season is a disaster. The 2-1 loss to Brighton, the 4-0 loss. And, you, you know, you look now, you look now at that start of the season, those two games where we got lost to Brentford and Brighton and think, if we got some points out of that game, we'd actually probably be talking about a title challenge right now. Yeah, I was even thinking earlier on, we, we never looked like getting even a draw in either of those games. But if I was just looking at the table thinking, if we even had... Instead of two losses, just just two draws at the start of the season. We're second in the table on points. The goal difference is probably about 11 or 12 instead of just sitting at seven. The goal difference is looking a lot healthier just after the last three games, purely off the fact that we're keeping clean sheets now. We look solid. We're starting to score goals. But I'm a bit torn on the start of the season in the sense that it was a new manager coming in. He had to see about players and make up his own mind. And that was fair enough. So you just have to accept it. But at the same time, I'm like, it's a real, it's a real blow 
to have started the season like that purely because we are now playing really well and we've played really well for a couple of months now and we're really starting to motor as you said and top four I think we will make the top four now I just think we look good we've got a real identity we look solid in defence that's not to say we'll never concede a goal again but we look solid in defence we create loads of chances the only worry is scoring them and I just look at some of the other teams and think quite a few of them have got issues and I'm not sure they would be able to sustain a top four charge. So I would be I would be very disappointed if we didn't make the top four now. I think we will make it. It's I'm now just kind of looking at those first couple of games thinking if you even get two more points there it, we would really, really be right in the mix in second place and that is frustrating just purely it is what it is sort of thing but yeah it was just a bit frustrating looking back at that now thinking we should have done a lot better there than we did but we're correcting it now we're really on the charge and quite frankly I'd be very disappointed if we didn't get top four and a trophy Quite frankly, because I think we can easily do it. Oh, now, now, now you're getting a bit greedy, Jamie. I, I don't think. know, no. man. I, th- I think that's acceptable. <laughs> I mean, uh, as you say, I remember when we started, like just you know, in that August when everything's bad, we were like, forget top four, let's just see if we can have any kind of top run. Now we're talking about being sad that we are not in the title run and uh, that we achieved true. But yeah, I mean, look, we, as I say, in fact, I think it's probably a good time for another quick break there before we come back to finish off the show and talk about our cup games that are coming up. And then you are uh, look at the transfer window as well, which is now actually officially open. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. So welcome back to part three of the podcast. Uh... And as I said, look, maybe we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves, but you're saying now you're expecting top four and to win a trophy. I mean, our next game is Everton in the FA Cup. We've then got Charlton at home, quarterfinal in the Carabao Cup. And I mean, I've said this now for a couple of years in a row, and I always get pelters for it. I always get worried about the amount of games we have. And, you know, we've still got those kind of postponed games that we had after the Queen died, that will come back into the fixture list. We've also got Europa League, which will kick back in next month. And we're going to have a crazy kind of fixture. I mean, this is already, like right now, we're playing four games in 12 days. So yeah, we expect quite a few changes coming up. I mean, personally, I would not be that bothered if we put out quite a rotated team against Everton. And I'm not saying I want to lose the game, but and you know, if our rotated team can beat Everton and go to the next round of the Cup, that's great. But yeah, for me, obviously, that Charlton game is much more of a priority because then we're already in the semi-final, you know, and it's like only a step then to Wembley and two steps to winning a cup. Uh, So if you're looking at kind of priorities, that's the way you go. Uh, But yeah, look, I am with you as well that now you say if top fours, we're nowhere near done there either. We shouldn't be counting our chickens. There's a long way to go. And as I say, you know, these last three wins on the bounce have been brilliant. But our next two Premier League games are Manchester City and Arsenal. So, yeah, that's going to be a whole different level of test to come there. So, yeah, I mean, if you look on the bright side, you can say, well, what, why, why can't we win those two games and then say we are in the title challenge? But, yeah, the moment, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. As I say, we're doing well. I think, you know, we're still lacking a big striker to really say, yeah, we can make a challenge. I and, mean, you know, in this window, if we could pull out a striker from somewhere, then you'd say, yeah, maybe we can have a go at like Manchester City and Arsenal in those games and start dreaming about a late title challenge. But at the moment, I will be very happy to be finishing this season top four. And yeah, I don't see why, especially now that we're already uh, in the quarterfinal of the Carabao Cup. And yeah, we have to say we've been pretty lucky to get Charlton Athletic uh, 
Uh, I mean, I was actually a bit disappointed because even though I'm Manchester boy and bred, I do actually live down south nowadays and my nearest football club is actually Charlton Athletic. I could... It's, uh, almost walkable for me so I'm always dreaming of an away draw at the valley and we never get it we never get it I mean I actually remember going down there when Charlton was still in the Premier League Ruud van Nistelrooy scored a hat-trick there I was there for that years ago but yeah still hasn't happened but anyway we get Charlton at home uh, and you'd say that you you know again you never know what cup upsets come out but you'd think that we're more or less in the semi-final of that one yeah I mean the draw has been kind and to be honest, it's about time because I've always felt in these draws, both for the League Cup and the FA Cup and in Europe as well, I just feel we tend to be on the rough side of some draws. So just to be dealt a wee bit of a favour in the League Cup's been good and you can't take any team lightly, obviously, but you are looking at the, the, the Charlton game thinking we should be winning that, really. I mean, yeah. It's a one-off game. Anything can happen. It's yeah, that's absolutely true. But we should be winning that. Whether it's the first team, second team, a mix of both, whatever it is, we should be winning that game. And as you say, that's a semi-final. And then you're just looking for a bit of luck again because you're only two steps away from a final at Wembley. Even the game again. Do you know I've I've kind of changed my mind because when I was thinking about this game last week against Everton coming up on Friday, I thought, that'll be difficult, that, because they'll be well up for it. They're not having a great time in the league. and Not having a great time. Oh, They've been absolute but shambles. That's, but that's I mean, what changed right, my mind. They did take a point but off that's what's changed my mind. Manchester City. Because but... even, against, even against City, they drew 1-1, but it's one of those games where, you know, City sometimes batter a team at home and just don't score more than one goal. It, te- it sometimes happens. That seemed to be what the game was like on Saturday. Tonight, they were a shambles. An absolute shambles. It's, I saw some of the goals on Twitter, and you can't, they can't be conceding goals like that. And they just they just look average. Whenever I've watched them, they just look absolutely average. And I just think we could play the team that played tonight, or maybe change one or two players we should still be winning on Friday and I, I just think that would put us in an excellent position getting into the latter half of January and into February where if we can beat Charlton next week get a good result on Friday you're suddenly into the fourth round of the FA Cup, you're suddenly into the semi-finals of the League Cup and then you're getting into the two legs against Barcelona for the for for European competition, that's exciting for the rest of the season. And, and while we might go out fine against Barcelona, it's still exciting to think we've got a tasty draw there. See what happens domestically. We could be into the fourth round and the semi final of both trophies. That's exciting, and we've not been in that position for a while. We were actually on a number of fronts. Going after for going after some trophies, and I just think we need that. I think as a fan base, where we've not had it for a while, and it would be nice to just spend the second half of the season thinking we can go. All right, we want to win one, but to even just be in the conversation and in the draws for a few rounds of the FA Cup, the Europa League, and potentially into a semi final. Of the League Cup, I just think it would be it would make for a really exciting second half of the season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, to be fair, we were in the final of the Europa League only two years ago, and um, Ole did get a few semi-finals as well along the way. So yeah, we see where we go there. But yeah, it's been a too long since we won a trophy. So yeah, I do totally understand your sentiment. Uh, you know, we remains to be seen whether Frank Lampard is still in charge yeah. by Friday <laughs> of this Everton team. I mean, yeah, I'd be surprised if he is, to be honest. I mean, after to get absolutely hammered at home is pretty disgraceful. I mean, yeah, they're really struggling. And yeah, you'd think that a pretty changed up lineup of ours could easily win that. I mean, it'll be the perfect opportunity for players like Dallow to come back in, get some minutes, Martinez as well, first minutes after the World Cup. And then, yeah, give some of the out fringe kind of players some minutes, whether it's, you know, Elanga, 
uh, maybe a couple of youth players as well can step up. I mean, uh, I remember earlier in the season we had a question about people like Zidane Iqbal. Are they going to get any chances this season? And maybe even somebody like Kobe Mainu has actually gone ahead of him in the pecking yeah. order because I've seen him appearing on the bench recently. So, yeah, maybe in these next two cup games we might get to see some of the more talented youth players are there as well because they have not been having that much chance to play recently. Um, but yeah, it will be interesting to see how Ten Hag plays this. I mean, I, for years, often used to say, listen, let's rotate, let's rotate, focus on the league, get that top four done. And managers, Ole always used to go strong in the Cups because he was always desperate to win one. And in the end, it never happened. And sometimes it did kind of affect where we went in the league. But yeah, he still managed to get top four as well. So we can't really moan in the end. Uh, so we'll see how Ten Hag plays these two matches now. Um, but yeah, should be a good chance for a lot of the squad to get minutes and we can give rests to those who need it as well. Um, we'll see, you know, there's, I mean, there's a couple of other players who've had nothing at all. If we talk about like the World Cup, somebody who played at the World Cup, who like featured regularly for his country. And then when he's come back, we see absolutely nothing off is Facundo Palestri. It doesn't even make the bench for us at the moment. That's even with players like Sancho, and uh, Anthony unavailable, he's still not even on the bench. So I don't know whether he'll get a chance for any minutes. I mean, Eric Tenag did actually mention him the other day in press conference when he was talking about maybe attacking players who could step up and make a difference. I mean, if we start going towards talking about the transfer window as well, the other player who we talked about a lot was uh, Ahmad Diallo, who's absolutely smashing it in the championship at the moment for Sunderland. Uh, I mean, literally every week he's either getting an assist or a goal. Scored an absolute beauty the other day. Did you see that one? Uh, the one against... Um, oh, who was it? I know the one you mean from outside the blocks. Yeah, it was a yeah, lovely exactly. strike, yeah. And yeah, he, he you know he he went over to. I mean, you should know actually because for a start, he didn't have a great loan last no, year. He was cool. obviously at Rangers, who I know is your kind of Scottish team, and he barely played that year. Even though he did have the odd kind of appearances, and he did score a couple of goals, but he did not feature that much at all. And at the start of this season, it didn't look that great for him. He was not playing either, and. Sunderland manager Tony Mowbray made a couple of comments about saying that, look, this kid's got loads of talent, but he's not making the right decisions and, you know, he's got a lot to learn. But yeah, fair play to Tony Mowbray, who's done great work with him and is now playing him every week. And the Sunderland fans are absolutely loving it from what I've seen online. I mean, yeah, it's brilliant to see. And he's not the only one. I mean, we've got others over there in the championship who were playing every week. Uh, Hannibal as well, who also was out of the World Cup, although he didn't play much. He's playing every week for Birmingham. Uh, Ethan Laird is playing regularly. And we've also got Alvaro Fernandez, who's often forgotten at uh, Preston North End. Um, all four of them are playing most matches week in, week out. So, yeah, our loans this year are doing really well. Uh, and, you know, there has been a mention, of course, of Ahmad, that there is the potential to recall him in this window. I mean, I don't know if... You know, if we don't manage to make that kind of forward signing that we all know we desperately need, maybe, yeah, he's a player who can come back in for numbers. Uh, I mean, I, to be honest, when he's doing well for the first time in his life, playing regularly, I'd be very reluctant to pull him out of that and start sticking him on the bench. I mean, I think he's got probably more value at finishing this season over at Sunderland, really. Yeah, the only thing I would say about the owl from his time up, up here is... I don't think it was great, but the, I, I do think there was a number of factors around that. So he came in, and I'll never forget because I put a bet on it. The first time he played, I'm sure it was against, it was either St Mirren or Ross County, and there was a bet boost on Sky Bet, and it was basically him to score the first goal. And sure enough, he scored the first goal and looked really lively, attacking the fullback all the time, was creating a lot of width. And he looked, it looked like it was going to be a good loan. You thought, right, okay, he's, he's come in, he's hit the ground running, he looks up for it, let's see what happens. And there was an old firm game last season when Rangers got beat 3-0 by Celtic at Parkhead, and it was a doing, an absolute doing. And he came on, and I can't remember, no, he might have started actually, but he wasn't very good at all. But while he wasn't very good and was making mistakes and wrong decisions and, and, th and things like that, he became a, I, I felt he became a bit of a scapegoat for that. And that seemed to affect him because whenever he played after that, 
there was a game, I think it was the very next week against Dundee United and he was really poor. He came on and, and it just looked like the weight of the world was on him. And he really didn't get much time after that and I thought that was kind of unfair because it was as if, as I said, he became a scapegoat. There was a lot of the negative attention was on him. But as I said, he, at the same time, he wasn't really doing anything. He wasn't proving anything when he came on. He wasn't he wasn't trying to affect the play. He wasn't taking men on anymore. So I don't know if that was a confidence thing after that Celtic game and it just really rattled him. Um, he never really played much in Europe. Rangers obviously went all the way to the Europa League final and he, he didn't didn't really feature. And that, that kind of tells you everything because they went all the way through and he barely played. And... For him not to really do anything for Rangers where, you know, it's weaker opposition, it's a weaker league in terms of the standard of football, but the players are a lot more physical, they'll get right in amongst you because that's what they have to do up here. He didn't really play in Europe where you would have thought his skill set might have been more freely available to show off and it didn't happen. So when he went to Sunderland and it started off kind of the same way, I just thought that was it. You know, the loan the loan deal will expire and we'll probably look to sell him. But it's brilliant to see him playing so well and affecting the game. And I'm a bit the same as you. If he's playing really well there, just leave him on loan there. Just let him develop because he had a really bad loan deal last year. So I would like to actually see him progress and do better and help Sunderland every way he can before we make a decision on him and whether we're going to bring him back in, give him a chance and see what happens because I do think that loan deal initially last year at Rangers kind of affected him a lot and it's just good to see him shake it off and it's good to see the other young lads kind of proving their worth at these other teams but in the transfer window I just think we need a striker, it's so obvious we need a striker so come on, Jamie, I know you follow all the transfer gossip, all the rumours, everything on Twitter. I don't. I ignore it all. As I've said on this show time and time again, I can't be bothered with all this rumour mill where every day we're linked with 20 different players. Uh, and until I see it announced by the BBC that we've signed somebody, I take very little notice. Or maybe at least your your guy Fabrizio, who I know is kind of like trusted and does put out yeah, pretty good, good information yeah. nowadays. At least if he's giving us your, here we go, we might have a bit of a listen to it. But look, uh, what names are we linked to at the moment? I mean, um, I know obviously Gakpo went and anyway, I don't even think he was a striker and I don't think we were interested in him. I think that the, we were linked with Gakpo and instead we went for Anthony and that was the only, uh, for me, he's not even a forward. So I'm not worried at all that we didn't get him. But we, you know, which strikers are out there who we can go for? I've seen, I mean, I like I said, I get the odd message here and there, seen a mention of yeah, Taram who played out at the World Cup and appeared for France a couple yeah, of times. So- the biggest problem we've got is the move regarding new owners coming in. And every kind of update that you see from the more reliable guys like Romano or whether it's Paul Joyce or whoever, they keep talking about the fact that it's been reiterated over and over to them that there isn't a lot of money to spend with everything that's going on regarding the possible sale of Man United there isn't going to be a lot of money to spend in the windows, so if there is anything, it's going to have to be a loan deal or a free or something like that. So that that's what's making it difficult because the one big one that was an option but it seems to have kind of died a death really is uh, Joe Felix from Atletico Madrid. I saw today he's now been more seriously linked through a couple of bigger transfer kind of gurus that it's, it's more likely to be Arsenal because they might think that Gabriel Jesus' injury is worse than they initially expected. And with Arsenal playing as well as they are, and obviously wanting to cement not just their place in the top four, but potentially challenge, they obviously want to get a forward in to replace to replace Felix for the time being. Sorry, to replace uh, Jesus for the time being. So that's one that I thought we might have went for, but the loan fee was always going to be an issue, so it looks like we've already went past that. To Rams an option as well from Gladbach and he played well at the World Cup and again it, it's an issue of finances if it was possible I think we would go for it the only other name I've seen um, that might be an option but it would be up to the player is Olivier Giroud 
because his contract expires at AC Milan in the summer. So I think he's waiting to see if he's going to get a new deal from AC Milan. But he is on the... That's Paul Joyce, who is pretty good in terms of reliability. And he said, United are looking at him and he is an option. And you know what? I would absolutely take him as an option to the end of the season. I yeah, yeah. Look, that would be a great... I mean... <laughs> It'd be another one in our recent long line of <laughs> over the hill Premier League experienced strikers. But hey, look, I would that would be a brilliant option for us to come in at this point in the season. If we could get someone like uh, Olivier Giroud, who knows the league, who you know what he brings, he's exactly the kind of player who we don't have, and you know who would probably be okay coming in from the bench when we need him now and again. And yeah, you know Martial probably is going to get injured again anytime soon, and he'll be playing regularly. But yeah, he would fulfil that. Like I said, long line that we've had, whether it's Ronaldo, whether it's Ibrahimovic, Shigalo, Cavani. <laughs> yeah, he's, I think, he just, yeah, he's fitting he quite well in that, that kind list. of list over so there. I was like, when I saw that rumour and who, like, who was reporting on it, I thought, that seems like that could be a gore, actually. And it keeps in line with the kind of thing that we've done recently. And from having watched them at the World Cup, from having watched them for a long time, I would absolutely be buzzing with that. If we're looking for a striker in January just to kind of help us push on and finish some of these chances we're making, that would be a brilliant option short term. Yeah, absolutely. But it's clear that we absolutely need someone. I mean, the window's only just opened, so there is like plenty of time to go. And yeah, I think it does look like there isn't a lot of money to spend, you know, especially that shelling out. I think it was that Anthony last transfer yeah. where they really went pushed over how much they wanted to pay for him. And as I said, the other option at the time was Gakpo, who we now see going for around 35, 40 million. We paid more than double for Anthony. And I think that was kind of a lot of our striker budget went over there. I mean, the only other thing is who could we sell to bring any money in? I mean, I mentioned Palestri before. You'd say maybe somebody like that, you know, you think who's playing at the World Cup and then comes back and isn't making even the bench. I mean, he should probably get for us. I don't know. It's somebody who's starting for Uruguay at the World Cup. Surely he's like a 20 million pound player. I don't know if, you know, there's some of these players we can maybe catch in on at this point and uh, throw a striker somewhere but yeah we've got a few weeks to kind of sort this out I think that is the only thing that we need to get done to like really push on for the end of this season to you know solidify our top four and go for one of these cups it's just yeah it's clearly I mean even before Ronaldo kind of walked out we were we all knew we were kind of light up front as soon as you know Martial got injured, even before that, you know, with the Greenwood situation, we know yeah, how much of a mess absolutely. that made for us. You know, you still just think, yeah, he'd be just if we had him at that prime, like it was just absolutely perfect. But yeah, you know, we're not looking like we're seeing him even maybe, maybe not even in the whole of twenty twenty three. I mean, I think his court case is not penciled until like November, so that's another year off for him. Uh, so yeah, somewhere from somewhere we need to find a striker. Let's see what's going to be. I don't want it to be Diallo coming back in. I think he needs to stay at Sunderland. So yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. And yeah, we'll make sure you keep giving us the transfer rumours updates. But yeah, at the moment, like you say, there isn't really any even big you know, rumours or anything out there of who it might be. A couple of names thrown around. But yeah, I would be very happy with Giroud. I don't know if we've got the money for somebody like young and up and coming like Turan. We haven't even really, unfortunately, got anybody from the youth team. I mean, Charlie McNeil had a couple of kind of uh, first-team appearances early in the season. I think Eric Ten Hag had a good look at him, and he's kind of lost his way now, and he's not really that much part of the first-team squad at all, so he's not going to be the one. So, yeah, it's going to have to be somebody coming from outside who fills that spot. Uh, So, yeah, that is something we'll keep an eye on. Uh, I think that's probably us done for this week. We I don't think we'll come back after Everton, hopefully come back after Charlton, uh, but absolutely we will come back after that Manchester derby if we haven't recorded before. Uh, that is all from us for this week. Let's see how we go in these two cup games and then get ready for that big, big Manchester derby game in another week's time. Yeah, and hopefully yeah, it's just need to keep this ball rolling and... Yeah, personally, three out of three would be fantastic. Yeah, of course. That's too much, but like I say, I'll happily sacrifice <laughs> this Everton FA Cup, roll on in the Carabao Cup, and then, yeah, get ready for Manchester City. That's the, That's the way one. I'm looking yeah, at that's it. That's the big one. Uh, but yeah, that is all from us for this week. We will see you next time. And yeah, please do hit us up on Twitter. 
Uh, we are also on Instagram, Facebook, and yeah, big thanks as usual to our Patreon guys. We're always on the Match Day Discord over there. Anyone who wants to join us on there, do please head over to Patreon and search for United Hour. Only cost about a quid a month, and you can join us and listen to what Jamie has to say during the matches. Uh, but yeah, that is good night from us for good night, now. Trips. Thank you for listening to United Hour. Remember to follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at United underscore hour. Please take the time to leave a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. United Hour is brought to you by the Sports Social Network and our theme song is by Ancient Feelings. To get in touch, please email unitedhour at gmail.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.